Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast for the inner and outer transformation of you in your space. So this is Tassia from Love Light Home Design, your home harmony healer, interior designer, and I don't know, I can be a lot more to you. I don't know what you would like to do. And let's introduce Leah here. <laughs> I love introduction. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm so glad for uh, you to be joining in with us again. My name is Leah, and I'm an energy leadership and transitions coach. And I am here to help combine our inner and outer peace. Peace. Yes, we always talk about peace. So before, you know what, I, I, I want to say this up front, because otherwise, at the end, I've already said so much, I forget to tell you where to find us. So if you ever want to find um, or com- connect with us, you can find me at Love Light Home Design. And Leah, where can they find you? You can find me at personalchapter.com. All righty. So let's get started on the topic today. Now, this is going to be a fun yet strange, yet exploratory topic. We are going to talk about your personality types when you're designing your space and when you're interacting your home. Now, I, I'm using the Maya Briggs system because it's the easiest. It's, it's, and you know what, when I actually printed it out, it has so much pretty colors that speak to me. I, that's why I'm using it. So the Maya Briggs system. So I don't know a lot. When I tell people about the Maya Briggs system, they're like, what enough are you talking about? It's easy. You can go online. That's what I did because I, I didn't know what my personality type was. I went online. I did a little quick, little free, um, uh, questionnaire. I didn't really pay for anything beyond that because I just wanted to know quickly what my personality type based on this system. So I'm going to start firstly with what it is because I have this lovely little printout in front of me. The personality types, um, they have four different, oh, sorry, they want to say something quickly. <laughs> yeah, I just want to, I just want to point out that it, it, you know, it's not to label ourselves as one particular personality type, but it's also to acknowledge the dynamics, the interplay between our inner and outer forces. Yes. And recognizing, you know, where we, you know, bringing awareness to where we may be at on that scale. So go ahead. So let, let me speak to that because yeah, you know what? I, I jump into things and I forget what I really want to talk about. So you're, you're probably going to ask me why are we, you know, talking about the personality types? As Leah said, we're not trying to label you, but when you, as we go along in this, in this podcast, um, we will explain, um, you know, when we're looking at the personality types and, and this is just one system, it's just, it's an easy way for you to access what I'm talking about. But we're really trying to explore what is triggering you in your home, what makes you comfortable. Um, you will find that based on your personality type, how you access your space is going to be different. Um, how, what you look at, what you sense, how you interact with your family members, Um, And if you need to be soothed, um, if you need to go into a space of wellness, if you need to be motivated or focused at work, it actually depends on your personality type. And that may surprise a lot of people, but um, it it really speaks to, you know, what we're trying to do is to get you to understand how 
especially in this time where a lot of us are at home always spending way more time at home and in closed spaces, how you can make your space work for you rather than work against you. Yeah, and also to look at these triggers as a positive. Yes. Because when we're triggered at something, it gives us an opportunity to, to explore what, what our thoughts are around those triggers and make the changes accordingly. Yeah, and that, they're going to be easy changes. I'm going to give you lots of easy, easy fixes. So don't worry. Okay, so now I can go into personality types. Okay, so I'm going to very quickly explain um, the, the, four, the four sections and the, the two types in each section. So we have the extroverted versus introverted. So obviously we know, um, like I can tell you, I'm an extroverted person through and through. I like talking to people. I can also be introverted at times, but my extroverted self comes out. Um, so that's the first um, place that you look at it. The second is how you take in information, whether you are sensing or whether you're intuitive. So if you're sensing, you pay attention to details, you have very, you, you prefer very practical, logical ways of doing things, very specific ways. Whether when you're intuitive, you are more um, about imagining possibilities, you, you like big picture, um, you enjoy very different ideas, you, you, you're more intuitive with ideas and concepts. So the third kind is where you're thinking or feeling. So if you're thinking, you make decisions very logically. Um, you want to find something is in total harmony. It makes total sense the way something's set up. You don't like looking at things and having flaws in place. You have, you're probably a very level-headed person. Whether it's a feeling person, everything is based on um, how you feel about something. So you, you don't go into your head, you go into your heart. You also think about how your actions affect others. You value harmony in the space, but it's more on a feeling level. You want people, you're probably more about pleasing other people rather than yourself. And you're usually more like warm, empathetic. And um, the last area is when you're judging or perceiving. So when you're judging, you like the little details, you, you think about rules, even in terms of you know, how your house set up, it has to be logically based on rules. Those have to be respected how you interact in your space. You like the little step-by-step -step instructions. You like to make plans. Whereas a perceiving person, somebody who's perceptive, prefers to leave the options open. You, you don't like deadlines. You like things to be flexible. You like to improvise. You're probably a spontaneous person and you like little surprises in each situation. So saying that, as I said, you know, you go and take, out, take a look at your personality type. What I am, just so you guys know, is an extroverted, intuitive, feeling person, but I'm 50% on judging and perceiving because I really like the little details. I rant and rave about the little details and I love to make plans in advance. And I, I, I do everything over and above what I need to do. But on the other hand, when I'm actually putting these plans in place, I can be spontaneous about it. If something needs to shift, I can shift with it. It's going to be okay. I can improvise on the spot, make things up as I go. And I love surprises. I love spontaneity. It also depends on the people that I'm with. So hopefully that will help you a little bit about just talking about the personality type before we talk about it in your space. And <clears throat> thank you. That, that was a very detailed explanation. <laughs> um, and it's very important to recognize, um, you know, the 
again, not labeling, but introverted and, and, and extroverted, it's important to recognize it um, so that we understand how much or how little of engagement that, that we need uh, within ourselves. So for example, if we see ourselves as extroverted, we may actually need to be surrounded by people um, in order to feel energized. But if we're a little bit of a combination, we need to recognize that we're a combination so that we can create um, not only our environment, um, but situations where there are times where we are amongst people and we are feeling that energy and, and um, Mo are, are, we're motivated by, by, you know, the energy of being around people. But if we're also a little bit introverted, then we need to recognize that we also need our space available to us to, to have that quiet time, to take, you know, short little breaks. Um, and then by recognizing it and acknowledging it, that's how we create our space to, to, you know, to fulfill that, that need of, of whatever energy that we are um, feeling at that moment and to, to feel that sense of fulfillment. Yeah, I totally agree, Leah, because I was just saying to somebody the other day, you know, being that I'm a very extroverted person, I, I am at times pretty introverted, but I found that when I'm on Zoom calls, um, it, it doesn't feel the same for me when I'm having a meeting with somebody on Zoom compared to when I'm actually in person with a person. The energy that I get from a person, just being in the presence of a person, you know, like face-to-face -face rather than Zoom is different. And it's not to say, that I can't, I mean, I still get the energy of being, you know, talking on Zoom calls and, you know, for a lot of us who are working from home, we, we go into meetings and we gain it. But I, I just noticed the difference. And, and, it's, and it's important to know because right now where we are, um, I'm in, in, a, a, in Mississauga, which is right outside Toronto in Canada, we are under a, a stay at home order right now. And I cannot leave my house unless it's for essential purposes. And I notice that when I don't go out, even though if I'm bringing my dog for a walk, if I, I don't go out, I feel um, more fatigued because I don't get the energy off of, of interacting with people. And what I do is I actually go out um, just to the grocery store, you know, for 15 minutes just to grab something, just to have people walking around me because my brain takes it on in a different way. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, this speaks to the point of, with COVID right now and all the restrictions, how do we shift our energy yes. when we are not able to, let's say in your case, be energized by seeing people in person? So how do we shift our energy? The first and foremost direction to, to take is our feeling we, you know, think of something that will, that makes us feel good. And it could be something as simple as the sound of the ocean or listening to music, or, you know, in the case of us dis discussing, you know, the inner and outer transformations is creating the space 
that allows that good feeling in order to shift our energy so that we're not staying in that place of only seeing what we can't do. And it opens up that, that good feeling to all of a sudden our thoughts are opened up to opportunities and things that we can do. So right then and there, we are in control of how we feel and how we think as opposed to being restricted and confined to circumstances like COVID. Yeah. And um, I'm listening to Leah and I know you guys can't see me, but I am smiling big. So, okay, let's get into how do we do this? Because we are going to be talking about how do you change your space so that whatever you're feeling inside shifts to positivity. Now, I have a disclaimer, disclaimer here. If you are living alone, then you don't have to think of anybody else. But if you're not living alone, everybody in your house probably has a different personality type. So you've got to kind of, you know, you yourselves will kind of know, you know, what kind of person they are. But remember, whatever changes that we're putting in place, they are for you. But you also have to think about everybody else who is in your space with you because they are going to interact with it differently. They're going to sense things differently. So let's talk about, firstly, little funny little snippets. And as we go along, we're going to be talking about the little snippets here. So I want to talk about, I'm, I'm going to, this, this um, podcast is going to be a lot about my own experience, bring it to you, and then sharing other people, be, the, you know, what they could possibly do. So let's start. I told you that I was an extroverted, intuitive feeling, judging and perceiving personality. So what does that mean? So for me, Leah spoke to it just now. She talked about how extroverted people like people around you. So think about this. The first thing that I thought about when I was prepping this was, if I'm extroverted, what do I like in my home? I love having people around me in my home. I love having parties. I like having people over. I'm always inviting lots of people. Sometimes I have like 30 people in my home and my home is tiny, guys. So um the way I set up and designed my space from the very beginning without me even realizing it was that I insisted on having an open space with a huge kitchen and a huge kitchen island. And that basically allows me to see everybody when I'm having a party in my place, big like furniture, big spaces around furniture that comes together where they, they kind of like, you know, somebody was sitting down, they, we cannot interact with each other. And, you know, if not, then I can sit well, I never use my bar stools, but there is a possibility of me sitting on a bar stool across the island talking to my husband when he's ignoring me because there's a sports game on the TV behind me. But that's besides the point. So that would be when you're extroverted. But what about introverted? So a lot of people have talked to me about how they kind of like yet dislike open spaces. And those people who kind of don't like open spaces will probably be more introverted because introverted people actually like privacy. They don't like having too many people around them. So they probably like the walls up a lot more. They probably like to have their spaces kind of sectioned off so that they don't always have to look at another person. Um, and if they don't, these are the people that actually may want higher ceilings because they need the space of um, airiness. They, they like to feel like the space is more open. It's a kind of... Um, it's it's where your brain is going into a place that even though the person's sitting right next to you, I still feel further away from the person. So what do you think, Leah? Like, you know, like, are you a more extroverted or introverted person? What do you think? I'm both. Yeah? Yeah. I So first of all, when you were talking about, 
you know, entertaining in the big space. And, and that is so me. Uh, the best conversations happen in the kitchen. So for me, it's like having this wonderful space in the kitchen where everybody congregates. Um, but I also like to have my own space. Um, and the question is how, you know, when, when you're living with somebody, how can you reach, uh, uh, how can you reach a, a point of collaboration where each person's needs are being met? Well, okay. So let's talk about, okay. I'm going to talk about men and women here. We're not talking about Venus and Mars here. We're just talking about how in design, men and women, let's talk about that first, because women tend to, no matter what their personality type, they tend to like things that are more curvy and men tend to like things that are more angular. So um, if you are a, 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 like a lady who is more extroverted um, and more feeling, more intuitive, you're going to like lines that feel more like a hug. So they need to be curvy. They kind of enclose you. You like soft, say, microfiber or like cotton couches, lots of cushions. Maybe you like fabrics. Um, or patterns that are more um, like a floral or like bright colors, you know, like you like the really bright colors. Um, the males, if they, um, if you as, a, a, as a, a gentleman are more, you know, feeling or intuitive, then you're going to be fine with that. But if you are more logical, then you're not going to like the curves. You're going to like more angular structure. So how would that be incorporated? Because it doesn't matter how old you are. You can be a little baby and, or a senior or somewhere in between. You are going to be accessing these at the same time. So I always say, if you have that many personality types in a home and you are sensing, remember how important your senses are. So your senses, whether it's visual um, and in your home, it, most of the time it's going to be visual, but you also have your sense of smell, your sense of touch, um, your auditory sense, um, your taste, what you can do is you can shift to a different sense. So say, for example, you have a big floral paisley chair of really bright colors sitting right in front of you and you go, oh my goodness. But you let your wife pick it because she really loved it and she's a total like intuitive person. But every time you look at the chair, you don't realize it. you are being triggered because in your mind, you're going, that is way too much. So what do you do? If you have another space in the same room that can be, you know, like, okay, I'll give an example of my space. I have a lot of art on my wall and my art is usually more abstract. People who are intuitive love abstract art. Feeling people love abstract art. And if you are not the kind of person that likes abstract art or a lot of colors, which I like, then I also have a space in my house where I have um, closed cupboards that I got from Ikea with white doors and what you can do is you just move your visual um, line of sight to those because it's clear space, it's angular, there's nothing really to see, it's minimalistic and it's logical. It's, it's you know, the doors are square and people who need that, they move there so that their visual sense shifts to a place of clarity, minimalism, and that's how you access it. So what you need to do is you need to set up these spaces. Now that's just visual. Like, what do you think? Would you, would you do something like that? I love that perspective of shifting your senses. I never even thought about that. 
Um, and that's, that is a way to start shifting your energy from feeling triggered to looking at something that really is not, <laughs> not your <laughs> cup of tea yeah. uh, to very quickly in the moment, shifting that energy by, by shifting your senses, which instantly shifts your perspective on, you know, that, that triggering moment. I mean, everybody has to remember, you know, how important your brain is. The brain is, you know, a place that we, we don't really understand yet, but we do realize that whatever we're taking in, whether it's, you know, from whatever sense, your brain is taking that information, communicating something. And what is communicating to you is based on the pattern or an, or an experience that you've had in your life somewhere. Now, if those um, experiences, stories, memories are things that are positive, then all good and well. But if your personality type or an experience is something that you didn't even realize that your brain is going back because it's remembering how you felt in that experience, then yeah. what is it doing to you? Well, basically those, those experiences are controlling our beliefs and emotions and behaviors right now. So it's about learning what I, what is what I teach is where is your energy at and how can we shift it? So from your perspective of what you do is shifting your senses to find something that is more appealing for your personality type or, or you know, whatever you're feeling in that moment. And from my end of it is it's, you know, basically from from a very curious aspect um, starting to to break away from from the stories that that we've adopted over the years and just felt that they are true because we don't know any different so it's creating some awareness of you know where our energy's at so if we're in a home with others and our energy's in a place where we are a victim to our thoughts and our emotions which means we are a victim to our, you know, circumstances and, you know, what's in our household and, you know, that we, we don't see options for, for change, then we don't take much action. Uh, so it's about shifting to a higher level where we see more options and opportunities and uh, not being a victim to, to those thoughts and emotions that are coming up based on our experiences, but to use our experiences as um, a way to say, oh, wow, because of that experience, it helped me figure out what I want and what I don't want. Mm -hmm. So those experiences are actually uh, really positive if we look at it from that perspective and well, use as, that as you were talking um a memory just came up and um i'm sure now i am not a mom so i cannot speak to this myself i can only speak to how i feel and i know that a lot of moms out there you know if you have kids it doesn't matter whether they're younger or they're older because i know teenagers leave things lying everywhere too if you are a personality type where you need everything in place. And if you're, you have kids toys and stuff and like, you know, especially with kids things, they're, they're like big, bright, you know, some primary colors and it's just a lot. And there's a lot of information everywhere, you know, from your own stuff to your kids stuff. 
and um, it, it's overwhelming. So what I'm speaking to is, you know, because I don't have kids, I have, I have, um, I go to my relative space and they have toys everywhere on the floor with their kids. My own, I have a dog and two cats and their toys. And what happens is when I'm in a place of stress. So if I, I've had a stressful day or, you know, the day has just been too much and I'm mentally, emotionally at my wits end because it's just been that kind of day. I'm fatigued. I'm tired. I cannot imagine because I'm not a mum what mothers or parents or grandparents feel like when they're in that space. So I would say what I do is to what I talked about just now, I go and set up a place or I need to go to a place where um, there's sensory decline, meaning that I go into somewhere that I am, it's not overwhelming. Do I need to go to a clear space? It may be funny because in my in-laws, in my brother-in-law's space, they have two kids. You know where I go to? for sensory decline, I go to the loo because they have a blank wall. <laughs> I, I just go there and, and don't ask me what else I do in the loo, but I need a blank wall. I just, I, I need, okay, I go there and I just take a deep breath. I take three deep breaths and I'm like, okay, okay. No, just blank wall, blank wall. Get my brain back into um, not being overwhelmed with stuff. And I myself love stuff, you know, I'm an extroverted person. I love stuff around me, but, but it's not my own stuff. It's somebody else's stuff. And when it's somebody else's stuff, your brain does not like it. I can tell you that, like, it, even for me, it doesn't like it. So it, it's funny because I've also had people who come to my office and I have lots of pictures on my wall and they like minimalism and they go, whoa, this is too overwhelming. But for me, I need this in my office spaces. I need color, I need art because it actually creates focus for me. Funny enough, it creates focus. So think about that. Like, you know, if I'm experiencing it, what are you guys experiencing? Okay. I must talk to this because <laughs> I have three kids. Okay. So, <laughs> so you learn as you go when you have children. So according to my personality type, I do not like clutter. I need an open space. So now I have three boys. So we're talking lots of cars, lots of hockey equipment. And in the beginning, as you're, you know, figuring it out, all those spaces, uh, you, it's exactly to what you said, you, you're sort of looking at this stuff and it just creates all this stress in you, right? Because that's your personality type, but how do you make it work for everybody? Right. And that's a, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a very key factor. So along the way, what I discovered was um, needing to create a space for them so that I can also, it's, it, you know, so you have a common area where the kids are aware that this is not an area for toys or anything. So, so you know, you're creating a space that is clear of clutter for, for you. And then that's where boundaries come in and you have to stick to it. So it's creating a space for them where it's anything goes. They could have their space to play hockey with the mini sticks and, you know, uh, basically whatever they want to do. And so it creates that separation so they can have their space. And then for me, it was to have a, a decluttered area. 
And then as they get older and you don't have that play area, we move into their bedrooms. Well, that's a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing because I've heard yeah. stories of, of parents telling me, oh my goodness. If it's yes. not the, um, the, the stuff all over the floor, it's the smell, it's the lack of light. It's like, you know, they, they go into hibernation in their little own zones. Doesn't matter. However, in yeah. saying that though, you do realize that, you know, compromise, there has to be some type of compromise. So if they're respecting the rest of the house, then I respect their one space, their bedroom to be however they want it to be. Because when they get um, frustrated enough with their space, <laughs> guess what? They will change it on their own without, you know, me having to, to uh, force them into it. So that started to be their, their zone. And I had to learn how to close that door and not look inside that door. But I'll tell you something, 99.9% of the time when they were ready and they were frustrated enough with the clutter, they were the ones that took initiative to go and clean up their room and create a, a beautiful space for themselves. So it's, it's wonderful to see that play out and because we feel like we need to control it because of how our personality is. But when we set those boundaries and separated spaces in that home, then everybody's happy. And that's at the end of the day, we want everyone to feel like they have their space and to, to feel that calm and peace. So when you were talking, two things came up for me. So um, I remember like, um, first thing I want to say, remember, even though we're talking about visual here, we are talking about sensing. So it could be, um, you know, it, the way you smell something, the way you listen to something. I'm sure that um, sound is a huge factor in homes right now, you know, like everybody around. I, I've talked to so many, um, you know, uh, people, whether or not they're working from home or just trying to cope at home when you have noise, especially when they're kids, you know, things are going on. Yeah. So what I would say is um, even if like, we, even though we talked about visual tips, create a zone for yourself that is in sensory I use the word decline when I use decline is because you're trying to bring it down to a different level like way below so that you're not overwhelmed <coughs> some people do it <coughs> see I get so choked up so some people talk about it um in the sense of bedrooms bedrooms are huge areas where you can go into that calm um you know space some people don't like meditation you don't have to meditate in your bedroom but you can go into a space that's more serene more peaceful. You know, uh, a lot of, I always tell people, try and have very calm beddings. Don't have vibrant colors in your space, in your bedrooms, like nothing like an orange or a red. Go into like your grays, your whites, your pale blues. For the ladies, you have your pale pinks and your pale lilacs. Go into those spaces because all of those things will calm you down. Some people don't have, you know, maybe, you know, the more masculine men like the taupes or colors like that. Those colors bring you to a more earthy space, yes, um, but it depends on you. Are those, are, are those colors actually speaking to you or not? And if they don't speak to you, then if, is your bathroom a space? Like you can go into a more zen space in, in your bathroom. I know it's a, a smaller area and sometimes it can be cluttered, but if you can just paint your walls um, a color of white and you, and you put even, you know, like sometimes you just have to put like little um, 
mason jars with like bath salts and Epsom salts in the space and make it white. And they're very easy. Go to the dollar store and get those little things and put it in your space. Put a little, um, I tell people, please don't put live plants in your bathroom. And people always ask me why. Uh, this is a little side tip. Based on feng shui, Western feng shui always says, put plants in the bathroom. Traditional feng shui, which was created 3000 years ago, talk about plants as in growth. So I tell people this, what are you trying to grow with your plant in your bathroom? Can I ask you this question? Like, seriously, this is the place that you purge. What are you growing there? Let's not even go into it. But I say, please don't put actual live plants unless they're small little plants, like a little money plant or something in your bathroom. No big plants. Please don't put like a lovely little thing there. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think that it's very important what you just pointed out. First of all, the, the colors in the bedroom. I think that is, is uh, powerful information because a lot of us may not be aware of what colors in our bedroom might actually create this calmness within us. But also what I recognize what you said was if you can't have that, you know, the male and female are trying to mix in what, you know, what works for them. But what you just said about the bathroom is there's always an opportunity, an option to create a space anywhere in the home. So I really love that you pointed that out, that it's, you're not restricted. So if you have to compromise in one area, you might have an opportunity to create more of the space that you want in another area. And also to that point, I wanted to say like, for me, candles, oh, scented yeah. candles are huge. It, it just, first of all, the, the visual of having a lit candle and then the smell of it, it just brings you into that Zen feeling that, that and, and, and it creates that good feeling that we were talking about earlier that helps us start to look at things in a positive way and saying, oh, okay, what can I do? Instead of feeling, like I said earlier, but being a victim to circumstances of COVID and circumstances of, you know, everybody being in the household. So it's like really opening up a lot of options here, which is what we need because we're all feeling stuck right now. So what, you know, what can we do? How can we take responsibility to get unstuck? Okay. So I, I, I have lots of things to say about this. Okay. So the one big thing is, okay, we're talking about senses here, right? And your personality also goes towards your senses. What do you like? So let's start with the sense of smell first, because um, your personality type, if you are more, say, intuitive feeling, you tend to like more of the florals or, you know, like a, something that brings you imagining things like things like jasmine. Um, if you're more logical, you're going to want more citrusy scents, things that are more like uplifting. Now, I use smell in my home, um, you know, in different ways. So in my office, I have a diffuser with different essential oils. So if you want something like, you know, that you just just for example, we're just talking about scents here. If you are talking about something where you are cleaning the kitchen, then you want to go and want to have more citrus scents. If you want something that is more positive than things like orange and citrus and jasmine will be great for you. If you want something that's more focused, then um, we are talking more about, say, um, sage, rosemary, 
if you don't like essential oils, then use actual herbs, plants are herbs and put them in your space because plants are always great to have in your space anyway. They refresh your air, they are green and they actually bring positivity levels to you. But when you were talking about candles, the one thing that I thought about that I actually didn't even realize before, you know, here in Canada, we have home sense. I shop way too much at home sense, right? <laughs> and when I go to home sense, <laughs> I miss home sense too. <laughs> so I always buy tons of candles. And this is what happens when I buy candles. I'm speaking to the candles, Leah. So I go there. The first thing I look at is the visual. Is this candle pretty to look at? Because I want the little white and the gold. But I also look at what they're talking about. So I love the breeze sense, like the, the you know, like um, the ocean scent. Um, the, um, you know, something that I, I don't really like the florals. I've realized that about me. Yeah. So firstly, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, how does a candle look like? Is it pretty? Then I'm looking at what it is. But at the end of the day, even no matter how pretty it is and no matter, you know, what it says, when I actually smell it, how do I feel? Exactly. Because when I'm burning this candle, it's like it needs to uplift me. Yeah. Right. And I actually never realized that before. I also thought of something, obviously, because um, I, I do feng shui. I am, my element is wood and water and wood are the one things that uplift my energy based on my feng shui element. So it's funny that I would always go towards something that's very woodsy, musky, or very like water-based. So like something like ocean breeze or something. Even when I buy um, hand, like my hand soap, the scents are all, with that scent too. It's something that's very breezy because I love the beach and I love that. So guys, I'm just thinking about this. This is excellent stuff. You know, like what are the little things that you can do to bring based on your personality type? Think about it. If you're more introverted, you're going to want not the breezy stuff. You may actually go towards the flowers unless you're like my sister-in-law that's allergic to flowers and nothing can be floral in the home. Then go towards the citrus. You know, think about it. How are you sensing? And, you know, so intuitively... Um, you don't have, so you don't have to figure it out in your mind. Oh, am I this? And I'll like that. Am I this? And I'm going to like that. It's exactly what you said. You go and you see candles and even if you don't want to, you know, focus on, oh, does it look pretty or not? You just go and you smell it and instinctively you will know you might like a variety, you know, like I, I really like, um, the uh, I think it's from Bath and Body Works, the the uh, Japanese cherry blossom. I think that's what it's called. But I also really like amber and sandalwood. So uh, very woodsy stuff as well. So but when you smell it, all of a sudden, you're going to get this overwhelming emotion that comes over you and you're going to mm. be like, yeah, this is what I like. And and you go with that because that when you're feeling a little down or just a little off, you go put that candle, you smell it. All of a sudden, you, your whole aura is going to change. I, I, I remember what we said, you know, it, it, the different scents will play differently to where you are. So if you're working, then you're going to be wanting some scent that doesn't make you feel drowsy. You don't want to be falling asleep you know, on a call. Exactly. So, you know, like make, get something that makes you feel uplifted, positive. Um, I like, you know, so, sometimes I buy specific things because I want it to look a certain way. You know, if you, if you talk about color therapy, I always tell people have aqua blues um, and bright pinks and bright, not pale, 
bright pinks and um, orange and yellow in your office because it creates focus. You want to be positive. You want to be motivated. So if you don't want to smell it, then look at it because, you know, some people do it that way or, or create artwork. But for the bedrooms, you know, especially those who want candles in the bedrooms, go towards something that makes you feel soothed or loud, you know, something that's soothing towards you or go into a space. And, and you can use the candles in the bathroom as well. I, I, I told Leah a story. No flowers, I'm but candles allowed. Cool. So okay. I told, I told Leah the story just now. She started laughing and I'm going to tell you guys this. Hey, why not? I, I, I have like, I guess I love essential oils and I use doTERRA. So I have about 10 different um, mixes of essential oils here. And the other day, I don't know what I did, but I mixed two, I always mix two or three essential oils, you know, like based on the names, affirmation, you want motivation. So I mix them together. Don't ask me what I mixed. And halfway in the middle of my day when I was working, I'm like, I was sniffing and going, what is that smell? It smells like pee. Like what the hell? I, I, I was like, did my dog come down here and pee on my rug? Or was it my two cats? They just decided not to use the litter. I'm like, what is that smell? And I was like, oh, it's my essentials. So guys, <laughs> maybe you just want to make notes, but you know, I, I just want to share that funny story with you guys because even I, who mixes essential oils and talks about how you do, <laughs> it's just, and I, I think every time I smell that smell uh, from now on, if I buy and mix it together again, it will actually make me laugh because it's now funny. You know, <laughs> be warning, be careful what you mix. <laughs> Don't blame the cats and the dogs first. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, all right. You know, all these, all these things that, that we're talking about, um, whether it's the candles, you know, the, the, um, the whole sensory, um, whatever can bring us to to a, a space of calm in a crazy world that we're living in right now is our focal point yes and i i just okay so i want to speak to how to calm yourself because based on who you are and how you are sensing your space is going to be different so for me um my way of calming myself is actually not to have calming things around me funny enough like i love art i love art and for me to go to a calming space i actually need to see color i cannot have bland so in front of me i have three um three pieces of art that have aqua blue in it and for me aqua blue is a, a very calming color and they also have an, another piece of, I have a, like a lot of color in them. I have one piece of art that I actually bought from Romania. I was there for a deafblind conference, a deafblind international conference. And this painting was painted by a little boy from the deaf school in Romania. And it's a, it's a painting of a, a beautiful meadow with lots of flowers, this beautiful pink tree, a sunrise or a sunset and a river going through it. And whenever I look up at the piece of art, I go into a state of just calm positivity. And that's because I'm just a sense, uh, you know, a sensory person that likes to feel, I'm intuitive and I'm extroverted. When I look at, you know, yesterday I was on a call with a gentleman who had a kitchen that was white and black or white and gray. And that did not calm me down at all. In fact, it actually, I think it actually triggered me because it was too pristine. It was too logical. Everything was too angular. So 
you need to think about what Leah said just now. The best way to do it is to close your eyes and ask yourself, what was the emotion or the feeling that came from that? Because the way you feel and the way you emote actually has a distinct profound effect on your molecular stru uh, structure within your body, within your cellular structure. And if that happens, you actually have a physical response. Your physical response in your space can either be you go into a place of like hand sweating, you, you start wiggling in your chair because you have weird aches and pains that come up that your body is creating to ask you to pay attention. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, to speak to that point. So for me, um, where I film my TV show, so I intentionally uh, chose to get a couch that will trigger that awesome physical emotion. Um, well, not just the physical, it's, it's the mental and emotional uh, response to, to what makes me happy. And so I bought a Royal blue couch. So awesome. when I look at it, it just energizes me. And when I'm sitting in it and I'm filming my TV show, it brings me joy. And so I am the, the best of me comes out when I'm sitting on that couch and looking oh. at that color. So again, it's about recognizing what serves you. So if that color doesn't serve you and does not energize you, you want to figure out what, what, you know, what does, you know, yeah. make you tick pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to shift the topic a little bit because we've been talking about me, 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 I, 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 you know, all about our own personality types. And I know you've, you guys have figured out, you know, especially if you have a kid, you know, your spouse, your partner in the house, what their personality types are. But I want to speak to two different areas that I also think are important because they're so different. Um, I want to talk about seniors in a space, especially if they're living with you. And I want to talk about anybody who is going through trauma or like mental and emotional issues in their space, because it's important to recognize these. Now, let's speak to um, seniors first. Now, I just had my in-laws over here um, over two months, and it was a little bit of a journey because, you know, they're very different, obviously different for me, but I'm also not used to having other people in my space beside me and my hubby. And I'm sure the same thing for them because they, 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 I was renovating their apartment and they were here. And what I realized that I had forgotten was how much um, privacy is important, not just to us. Now, if you guys have a senior or seniors in your space, remember something, you know, um, even though they're sharing the space with you, seniors usually like their own privacy. They come from a different mindset, a different generation from all of us, right? They grew up in different circumstances. They had different stories and different experiences. We often forget. I always say, I don't understand the generation before me. I don't understand the generations after me. And that's simply because I only understand my own generation. And what we often forget because you know we're sharing a space not only is the privacy but the sense of self-respect that we are trying to give to everybody in that space for seniors one of the biggest things that we sometimes don't put into place is their sense how they sense something because remember because they are a little bit older 
that the way they move, the way um, their motions, the way they reach for things, the way they take on things on a visual, um, auditory, or any other kind of level is going to be different because they have had wear and tear. There's often impatience within the home pertaining to the elders. And, you know, and, and the, one of the biggest things is that we don't recognize the difference that we need to have with um, somebody who's older and the youth or the, the fact that the seniors need a bigger amount of space. It may seem odd, but they do need a bigger amount of space. So um, I, I, I speak to something where uh, when my in-laws were here, they, um, we have two TVs and we gave them the space, you know, in the daytime where they could go to, to watch TV. My husband came downstairs to work and then we gave them space upstairs where they could move around, watch their own TV. They had their own privacy. We didn't want them to feel like they were intruding or on the other hand, we didn't want them to feel neglected because there's the socialization, but there was an impact because the impact wasn't so much on them. It, the impact was on me and my husband because now we felt, even though we didn't want to, we felt the intrusion on our space. I found that, I was telling Nia, I found that I was in my, my office in within these four walls for most of my work day. I worked from eight o'clock in the morning to sometimes eight to 10 o'clock at night. And after, in the beginning it was fine, but after like, um, you know, one and a half months, I was losing my mind and I didn't even understand what was going on until I took a step back and went, why am I so, you know, like short tempered? Why do I feel, you know, um, like I'm, I'm not happy? Why do I feel so fatigued? And simply because my personality type is that I need to be with people. I can't be in enclosed spaces. So, you know, I, I just wanted to say that to people. Are you recognizing that? Yeah, you know what? I agree 100%. It's about acknowledging and recognizing everybody's needs. Yes. Um, and for me, I'll take a little different take on it from my experience. Um, it's about acknowledging, uh, I, I'm pertaining this to, to my dad actually, so very sensitive um, to his need uh, to be independent. So, um, you know, for us, it was about recognizing what we can do so that he could feel that he still had, um, you know, control over, you know, not giving up his, his, uh, his independence, right? Uh, so he was not a well man. And um, yet he you know, didn't want someone to take him to the bathroom, for example. So he wanted to go in his wheelchair. So it was about making the bathroom accessible so that he could feel independent and take himself to the bathroom and um, about getting upstairs. So we, you know, we put a lift in uh, on the stairs so that he could feel, you know, again, that he could take himself upstairs, even though he couldn't walk upstairs. And it, it actually, what it does is it creates a much more loving space for everybody. And that's, that's hard on both ends, because you know, you start off with, oh, no, 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 don't worry, I'll do this for you. And I'll do that for you not even recognizing that 
although they're grateful, um, we want to be able to create a space for, for seniors um, so that they can hold on to their independence, but also uh, where we are acknowledging our needs as well. And it was very powerful for us when we were able to implement those things in the house um, because we were not only acknowledging our needs also, but it relieved us from all the guilt and, and just those feelings of hopelessness and, and, you know, not being able to do it all, but be, but in, in hindsight, we did because we were creating that space to accommodate everybody. And for the seniors, you know, they, they don't want to ask for help. So it's, a, it's about recognizing everybody's needs. Yes. So I just wanted I to talk. I totally agree. Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, being a, an intervener um, for the deafblind, you know, you know, I learned a lot about seniors because a lot of seniors become deafblind later in life. You know, they, they lose um, their hearing, you know, the hearing aids don't work. They may have glaucoma, detached retinas, um, you know, and, or they may have um, diabetes and the, the vision goals or just from wear and tear. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that is caused um, with seniors is that they really want to hold on to what they remember, yeah. because that gives them comfort. Um, they also want respect, and a lot of them feel very isolated. And the last thing that we want to do in a home, um, you know, I mean, regardless of whether they have introverted or extroverted personalities, it's to make them feel that they are not part of the family. So, yeah. you know, it's it's important to to recognize that the reason why they act up or the reason why they're so stubborn about it, you know, what, what we call stubborn. It's not because they are trying to do that. It's because they need to latch on to something. It's what they, they, you know, they've lived their entire lives. You know, we always talk about people needing to change, but they've lived their entire lives feeling that comfort. And when you take that away, it's difficult. So when I'm designing a space which has seniors in it, I always ask, and I always notice because I'm trained in that, you know, like, you know, the sensory movement and the body language. When I ask what colors they have, if I'm creating a room for them or a space for them that's private and their own that they can go to, to relax and soothe themselves, it doesn't matter whether that room is different in terms of color and flow and styling from the rest of the house, because I'm latching on to what creates joy for them. How are they taking on the color, the colorations, the kind of furniture? And I designed the room specifically to that the elders yeah. because the, the the stories you know some of them funny enough may want a space that's so minimal with so little furniture because they grew up in a childhood especially those who come from european countries where there were war you know my parents they came they came from they lived in singapore and and the japanese occupation were coming on and you know there wasn't a lot of stuff around and they like very minute, they don't like change. They want something very minimal. They don't also don't understand why we have to spend money on certain things. Yes. And so, you know, <laughs> they always say, why do you have to spend the money on this? Like, it's, it's silly for you to change your furniture around. They have these concepts. And I respect that because by respecting that, whether I'm trying to make them comfortable in an in-law suite or just a little room or just a little corner for them, 
what speaks calm to them? You know, I look to the personality, the grief aspect and all of those things, because that's what I do in terms of the harmonizations and the access, because we're talking about mental and emotional access besides physical access, right? And I I did want to say that to everybody, because as I talk about designing spaces for people, you know, a lot of people think, and I do talk about the fact that the home should have a, a certain flow sometimes for when you have somebody living with you or even if they're living with you on a temporary basis you can temporarily set it up so that that speaks to them too right yes. it's, it's not difficult exactly and like it, again it goes back to there's always options yes yeah there's always options now the other the other part that i want to speak to is somebody in trauma now this is a very um difficult topic for me because and I'm going to be very vulnerable here with you guys because I myself have been very traumatized as a child. And, you know, I cannot imagine, you know, if there's a, a, a you know, anybody who is in trauma, especially during this time in COVID or not, right? It doesn't matter, you know, the circumstances. One of the things that, you know, anybody who has had trauma has in a place is that you're trying to manage your mental health. You're trying to cope with situations at home, whether it's physical, emotional. Um, and you always feel, you know, in high anxiety because to, to somebody in that place, and I know this very well, you never know. I mean, you know, may not be in a dangerous situation all the time, but I, I remember me as a child, I never knew when the danger was coming. I didn't know whether it was in the next second, the next minute, did, would I trigger a situation? whether or not I'll cause some displeasure, I never knew. So I was always like in in high anxiety, totally terrified of the situation. And in in places like here, I don't know, you know, if you are in this space, I I really want to reach out to you and tell you, you know, hear me out a little bit because I know you are feeling lost and stuck. Now, as a child, I was telling Leah, I could never lock my room doors. I was never allowed to lock my door. So I never knew when somebody was going to open my door and cause a situation, whether or not it was, I was either going to be, the best of the situation was I was going to be yelled at or the worst of the situation that I was going to be beaten. So I couldn't close my door. So I had to create coping mechanisms for myself that created a safe space that could soothe me because the only way that I could cope was to try and soothe myself. Even if it was for a couple of minutes, that was all I could look forward to. So I created um, uh, a coping little toolbox and I also created a coping corner. So because I love feeling like my personality is more intuitive, what I created for myself was a snuggle area. Like I created cushions for myself, positive things. I had a a very pretty picture of like things I, when I looked at it, I loved. I also love music. So I had my headphones. I had, a, a, I, I'm aging myself here, but I had a cassette <laughs> cassette tape <laughs> that I would listen to again and again and again, over and over. I'm, I'm surprised that this silly little thing didn't break. And it was like, I also, I, I also had what we call a sniffy cardi. It was a little cardigan from when I was two years old. And God forbid, I was sniffing this thing into my early teens. And the only reason why it gave me comfort was because it was mine and it was something that I could recognize. It was the scent of me. And it was so soft. It was falling apart, but it was so soft. And you create your little coping mechanism or your little coping corner with the things that give you hope, 
positivity, a sense of co immediate comfort. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, like um, it, if you can't lock your door or if you feel like, you know, find a way to soothe yourself. And for those of you who are extroverted, like I was very extroverted. I had a lot of friends that I, I couldn't call. You know, like in, in those days, I actually had to go to a landline, which was out in the family room to call somebody. So obviously everybody could hear me. I didn't have a cell phone. But when I went to school, um, I had my friends around me. So if you need to reach out, you know, if you don't have anybody in your space that you can reach out to, I know sometimes it's hard to reach out to your peers to tell them what's going on. But sometimes just knowing that they're there, even though you can't, you know, like um, tell them what's happening in your space just the fact that you reach out and always reach out for support. I know Leah has a lot to say to this. <laughs> well, <laughs> I won't go overboard. And first thing I want to say um, for anybody who is experiencing um, trauma right now is self-compassion in the sense of you are doing the best that you can in the moment with what you have yes. and not beating yourself up over what you can or can't do right now. You are doing the best that you can, but to your point, Tasia, about, about, you know, what, what could you put in your toolbox? Um, you know, so for you, you mentioned what worked for you um, and, and it will be different for everybody. So for me, two big things um, occurred because I also, I lived in, I lived in fear. I lived in a place where I was just always feeling uneasy and um, unseen and, and just really disconnected. Um, so I sat in those emotions a lot because I was doing the best that I could do in that moment. I didn't know any different of, you know, that I even had options to reach out to somebody um, or get over the fear of, of knowing that it's okay to find support. Um, I started journaling. I started to just write down all those emotions. And although it doesn't change the situation, what it does do, it gives you this sense of relief by just getting it down on paper. And what happens eventually is sometimes when we get it down on paper, we have these aha moments. And these aha moments come from traumatized experiences that actually when I say aha moments there are aha moments of figuring out where where we may have been in a place of being stuck we actually realize like oh I don't want that I want this so it actually brings us clarity so not to underestimate the awesomeness that can happen from writing and there's no right or wrong. It's just literally, even if it's just, if you're full of rage and anger and it, and you're just like taking your pen to that, <laughs> that paper and you're just like aggressively doodling and just, you know, that's okay. That, that is a very healthy coping mechanism. Yes. Um, and so I just found, found that to be phenomenal. 
and meditation, but it could just be listening to, I mean, for me, it's in these days, it's uh, by Abraham Hicks, raising your vibration in 10 minutes. And so it's a short 10 minute listening to her and it raises your vibration. So um, again, you know, these are just things that work for you and I, Tassia, but it's about being open to exploring what might work. And if you try something and it doesn't work, you can always try something else. But your your feelings, you know, towards whatever trauma you've experienced are real. And just to have that self-compassion that right now you're doing the best you can in the moment. And there, there's options for you, but what can you do right now to shift your energy? And these are just some examples between Tasia and I, you know, what, what you could at least start trying. So as Leah is talking about this, um, a lot of things came up for me that I'm realizing, and this is brand new guys. So Leah was talking and she was saying, and, and I recognize like certain things uh, appeal to me, but we've also been talking about, you know, your personality and how you sense. The one thing that really occurred to me is that, you know, no matter what we're doing, we talked about what we like and what we dislike in our senses. We talked about the visual, the smell, the, the auditory, the taste, the touch. But I think what is important is that once you recognize you as a person, whether you are in trauma right now or whether you've had trauma in your life previously, I'm, I'm obviously no longer in a traumatic place, but there are things that come up to me. There are things that flashbacks, triggers, stories that come up in a situation that I don't even realize that my brain is activating. And I think what is important is that whatever way brings you positivity and hope. Um, recognize when you are sensing your space, what is happening? Is it bringing you to a place of positivity or is it triggering you? Because I could put on a scent without realizing it and without me knowing it's actually making me anxious. And it could be a beautiful scent, but it's bringing back a memory of something. And if I don't, if I'm not mindful of it, I would be playing, uh, I would be like, putting that scent on all the time and bringing myself to anxiety and not understanding why. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, as, as Leah said, you know, journaling worked for her, for me, it was comfort. And, and the only reason why that was, was true for me was simply because I didn't have access to things. I, I did a lot of stuff. I had, I love reading. And at the time I loved Tom Clancy. So the big thing for me was I had no control over my life. I was not allowed to do anything beyond what anybody else said I could do. The only things that I could do that people allowed me to do was to read, to study. And so what I would do is I would stay up to like the wee hours of the morning, two or three o'clock in the morning, reading these massive Tom Clancy books because they were like, they brought my mind far away. And if I really think about it, Tom Clancy was all about fighting and, and standing up for myself and I couldn't do it. So that's probably what I tried to explore. But I also had this massive bowl of M&Ms <laughs> that I would eat in the middle of the morning because chocolate brought me, you know, I don't really know, understand, you know, the, um, the levels of what chocolate brings to your positivity and your physical aspect. But obviously it did something for me because that was my space. It was what I could control, even if it was when nobody else was around. And two or three o'clock in the morning was probably the only safe time for me because everybody else was sleeping. So the reason why we say this is because, 
Leah's right, right? We, you know, I didn't have, I didn't understand what was going on in my world, but pain and the fact that I was not a happy person. And I stayed in that place for such a long time because that was all I knew until I realized differently, which went into adulthood. It was, you know, I, I didn't have anybody around me who could, was a role model to move me to a better place. And the reason why we are saying this on these podcasts is because in the hope that, you know, something that we say reaches to somebody who needs to hear it in the moment they need to hear it. And, you know, it, when we're talking about personality types, even though this may be a topic, you know, trauma and personality may not seem like they're interlinked, they are, because how are you coping based on your, on you, how you survive? You know, most of us who have gone through trauma are constantly in survival mode. How you survive is how you reach out, how you exist in your space. And if you're causing yourself to be pushed into a, a personality type that's not you, what is that doing to you? And I, I just feel... Yeah. And we don't want to, we, we don't want to be at the effect of, um, our thoughts and emotions. Yeah. We, we want to, you know, work through them and instead of tolerating and surviving, we want to start thriving and there are support systems, um, in place like you and I, we, we support in different ways, but at the core it's, it's getting to, to what's holding you back. And so there's many different, um, you know, layers to unfold, to get to, to that core. And, and again, it's, and, and looking at your triggers, and I probably mentioned this earlier, but looking at your triggers as a clue to, to um, okay, one second, something's going on here. So your trauma could have been a long time ago, but you're being triggered right now. So instead of looking at it as a positive or a negative or a right or wrong, good, bad, let's just look at those triggers as a clue as to, okay, I need to be addressing something. Yes. And um, not put a judgment on it, uh, but come at it from a curious perspective, being that detective, you know what I mean? <laughs> and just observing, you know, what we're triggering and, 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 like I said, just, just being curious as to, okay, what, you know, what's coming up for me right now, having that self-compassion to say what's coming up for me right now. And, and actually get excited from the fact that, okay, you know what, because I'm aware that I'm being triggered and I'm curious enough without judging myself that I, I, I want to figure this out. That just brings us closer to where we want to be. Yeah. Right? We all want to be, as I say, I bring people to Nirvana, no matter what they do. I'm bringing you to Nirvana. So, okay. I think we talked a lot today. <laughs> I think so. I, I just, think. you know what? I think that the, the core message here is that you're not alone. Yes. And right. whether it's Tasia or me that you reach out to, you are supported. Even if you go to my show, you are supported. There are tangible takeaways. These are people who have been through adversity and they share their experience to show us, because you and I have experienced this specifically, Tasia, that there is another side to darkness. 
Yes. There is hope. Tassie and I are living proof of that where we were at a stage in our life where we did not see past our hopelessness. And so we gave our power away to that. And there are possibilities to be able to, to move away from that space. And, you know, it's, it's, it's because of, you know, I speak for myself, you know, it's because I've lived through very dark times, times that I've had to stand strong, um, where I have not loved myself. I felt like a total loss of control that I do the work I do to reach out to so many people because, because I know that sense of being so lost and, and afloat in just darkness in my own home that I never, 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 you know, ever want anybody else to have that feeling and whatever I can do to make sure that any of you don't feel that sense of like discomfort. I mean, that's just a, a word that doesn't even cover it, Absolutely. you know, and, and, that's, and that's why I do the work I do. And, and that's one of the reasons why Leah and I have this podcast going because, you know, there's so many people out there in one way or other, whatever we say, whether in the smallest or biggest ways can take something from it. And I hope that we, you know, that you've taken something from, you know, our podcast. Absolutely. I hope so too. You know, we, we truly want to be that catalyst to be able to bring that hope to people. And um, it comes from a genuine place of the adversity that we've experienced. And do not ever underestimate <laughs> how much stronger you are than you think oh, yeah. you are. Oh, yeah. I would say. I think that's yeah. a great note to end on that one. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So, okay. Now that we've gone down the deep, dark hole, let's like chirp it up and say goodbye. That's, that's a great note to say it on. Say goodbye. <laughs> I'm kidding you. Well, no, so, see you later, right? See you later. See you so later. we will see you in three weeks. And um, during this time, hopefully the world is shifting. The world is transforming. You are shifting. You are transforming. And again, if you ever need to reach out to us, you can find me at uh, my website, lovelighthomedesign.com. And Leah, where can they find you? Personalchapter.com. And uh, feel free to drop us a line, um, pick up the, the phone and call us. Um, we're here and we're ready to answer any questions that you may have or e even just feedback or any questions that you want us uh, or any topics that you want us to cover in our future podcast. Yes, we'll be happy to address any of the questions that you bring forth. And I just want to say thank you for sharing your space with us today. Yes, thank you guys. All right, be blessed and we will see you soon. Or oh, we'll talk to you soon. Anyway, <laughs> bye now. Bye.